Welcome back, football fans. This is Locked On NFL Draft. We have some great things to tell you about. Not just Mahomes versus Herbert and the young quarterback there. Not just Arkansas versus Texas A&M, which was a great game. But also a segment that I really like. It's fire or forget. Who's rising? Who's falling? Who means something in college football? Getting ready for this NFL Draft. Welcome to the show. This is Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And like always, I am joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy from Locked On NFL Chiefs. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm hanging in, man. It's uh, It's been a challenging weekend. Let me put it that way. So... so Challenging weekend in the sense of you just got done recording your Locked On Chiefs show, which you guys should definitely be listening to if you're not already. But the Chiefs, they got taken down by the youngster Justin Herbert. At Man, home. Like, <laughs> I, you know, there were, I've seen a lot of kind of overreactions to that show and everything. And obviously this is an NFL draft show, so we'll get into that stuff. But I thought this was a good topic because there were a few different things that kind of transpired in this game. The first part, though, I don't think the Chiefs should have even been in that situation. They turned the ball over the first three times they had the ball. Yeah, and, and it was it was all the way around, too. It wasn't just like you saw last week with the running back coughing it up, lost one today. And most importantly, the guy that is always making all the big plays, right? Patrick Mahomes made two of those turnovers as well. And quite frankly, it was windy out there, but that's not an excuse. That was some ill-timed passes, some off-target passes. The fact that the young quarterback in Herbert, who, for those of you who haven't followed us for that long, I've been screaming about Herbert since, you know, they were like, oh, will he, will he do anything at the Senior Bowl? Will he stand out? Well, he certainly did, and he got himself to where he might have arguably been the better quarterback today. So what was your analysis on Justin Herbert coming out? And we'll kind of get into more of him from this game, but he was a polarizing, you know, just guy, just in a sense of big, strong arm, enough athleticism, but he was kind of all over the – all over the place coming out. I think the people that viewed him, his uh, analysis, everything was all over the place. Went mm -hmm. to the Senior Bowl, like you said. I, I think it was him. and uh, Yeah, no, yeah. Went to the Senior Bowl and everything. And I don't know. Everybody that I've seen in all the analysis, I didn't really think any way or the other. But everybody was all over the place. How did you feel about him? You know, I, I thought he was uh, – the word that was in my notes all over it was focus. Like he had times when he looked like he could be a leader. He had times when he obviously just displayed the arm strength. He had times when he is athletic, but it wasn't focused into like a complete package all the time at Oregon, in my opinion. And I think honestly, what you saw is from the time that season ended to the time he got to the, to the senior bowl and he got around a new team and he built that, that leadership aspect in what is, you know, for a kid that's been, you know, on the West coast his whole life to like get thrown into this, all-star game with a lot of talent that can be stressful and I thought that's where he kind of turned it around and started evolving to a guy that can really lead a, a diverse group of men from all across the, the country with a lot of talent you know it, it was interesting seeing this game and just kind of that last drive and I think a lot of times we look at it like man Patrick Mahomes you don't want the ball in his hands at the end of the game this time you see this young kid Justin Herbert and you want to know what is he going to do because this was the same game last year, right? Mm -hmm. You had the Chargers jump out to a big lead on Kansas City. Kansas City was able to come back and, and hold off Justin Herbert late, and Mahomes did his Mahomes 
magic things and came and pulled out a win. This time it was Justin Herbert. And I think that was one thing where I'm like, man, I wonder how much playing early helped him get ready for this moment in year two where there's a lot of high expectations for not just Justin Herbert, but for the entire team. And I look around the NFL right now, and there are a lot of young guys playing. And I'm pretty sure you evaluated a lot of these young guys. But mm -hmm. you see guys like uh, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones, uh, you got Trevor Lawrence, all these guys that are now currently playing as starters and Zach Wilson. And they've kind of been all over the place. But I watched Justin Fields today, and I know people are going to feel all type of ways about him. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about a guy who went 6 for 20 for like 60 yards and got sacked nine, nine times. Do you think that, like Justin Herbert, he's going to have to go through some of those ups and downs to, you know, see the progression? Or do you think that maybe just what we saw today is kind of what we're going to see from him a lot this year? I think it's going to be pain. There, there's pain <laughs> in Fields' future because I don't think he's going to get any relief from that pressure. I don't think that they have the guys up front to keep him to the point where he's using his legs as a tool, as a weapon against the defense and not just a, a fight for survival. And that's what it felt like to me watching him play today. And I think that in, in obviously is bad in that it doesn't allow him to get into the flow of the offense, doesn't allow him to hit his marks, get the ball out, you know, like, like hit a five-step and get it gone, right? But it also, I think, puts him under the fire in a positive way in that he's got to figure out something. He's 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 a guy that's prideful. He comes from a huge program. He's been successful. I think that that will stoke something in him that I think will be positive in the long run for him. I just don't know if it's going to be a pleasant 2021 for him. Yeah, and I think a big issue that I saw and you know, I kind of compared him, not just him in general, but just the, the situation with kind of what he's seeing and what he's – having trouble with processing. But one thing that a lot of people were reminding me of, and this was something that a lot of people pointed out, he held on to the ball too long in college. And he took too much sacks in college. He took too many hits in college. Do you think that that's something with his, you know, the time that he's playing right now, he can eventually kind of overcome that issue and get the ball out quicker? I, I think he's going to have to. I mean, again, that's a matter of survival. And I think that more in his face, you know, with the volume of dropbacks that he's have, I, I think that will come along. Now you look at even some of these other young guys, and we're talking about some of these rookies and how they're transitioning to the NFL. And you look at Trevor Lawrence, it's been a rough start for him. I think he's thrown like, I don't know, what, eight interceptions or whatever it is in just three games. It's been a tough go for him. Mac Jones threw three interceptions today, including one pick six and another one that should have been a pick six uh, mm -hmm. that was returned to like the five-yard line. You see a lot of what these young guys are going through, but then you look and you see that, you know, Nagy, he's a guy, he did not want to, he didn't want to play Justin Fields yet. Didn't feel like he was quite ready. Wanted to go with his guy, uh, Andy Dalton, and he kind of got a lot of grief for that. And I think now he's looking like maybe he was right. You see Trey Lance, young 49er quarterback. He's a guy who a lot of 49er fans just want to see him be thrown in there, including me, where I'm like, man, you got to learn by doing. Mm -hmm. When you see some of the struggles from some of these young quarterbacks around the league, I think that that makes it tough, but you know we talked we came on here talking about just uh, Justin Herbert, and it looks like his play. I think a lot of it is him, you know, how he played early on because even last year, played played well. We could see, you know, in his spurts, it wasn't really leading the wins. Then towards the end of the season, he tailed off and uh, shoot, won four straight games to close out the year and ended up winning uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and, and look for him and Mahomes to do this dual thing with Josh Allen as well. The three that I expect to be at the head of the class here in, in another 
12 months, another 24 months, that those are going to be the three, the three-headed monster in the NFL, in my opinion. And they all need gas to get going. And I know you guys do too. You can save some money if you go get the new app, get upside. You get 25 cents back on every gallon of gas that you spend money on. And for right now, if you use the code touchdown, you get an additional 25 cents back. If you use the app, get upside, you can get it on any of the app stores, uh, Apple and Google and the whole nine yards. They pay you back for buying gasoline that everybody has to do. It makes a whole lot of sense. You get those cashbacks right into your account once you set that up and you can pull that back out through your bank account or PayPal or whatever you need. It's really easy. Go get the app on any of the app stores. It's called Get Upside and use the promo code touchdown from us and you can save up on your first tank 50 cents per gallon back into your account. Check that out. That's Get Upside. And the other thing that you got to do is if you're going to have some money to spend, you might as well put it down on a line on something that you care about. And football is the reason because the teams are all back out on the gridiron. And this season is up and going. I probably should have put something on the opposite side this weekend against the Chiefs Chargers, but we'll get to that next time. You can go check them out over at betonline.ag and get all the odds, props, and contests that you're looking for and get your chance to get into the action. You get 100% discount uh bonus on top of your deposit not discount um and that's double you need a promo code for that it's called nfl 100 when you get over there to uh betonline.ag you can also get another bonus uh, with the code locked on, that always helps us as well let them know that you heard it here at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts the big thing that we want to talk about the, going heading into this weekend you know we talked about it you had the big matchup between texas a&m and arkansas And one big takeaway I have was how is KJ Jefferson going to perform? How is that, you know, is Arkansas going to be able to control the front like they've been doing uh, to all these other opponents? I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought he was going to have to win uh, with the ball, you know, throwing the ball down the field to some guys. And he did have a big play to uh, uh, Burks, and we'll get into that. But Mm -hmm. I know you watched the game. Yep. Texas A&M, Arkansas. What's your big takeaway from that? Is Arkansas for real? Are they contenders or are they pretenders? I, I think they are contenders. I, I think they need a couple things to go their way. Like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of volume there, and I, I didn't think it was pinpoint accuracy on the quarterback's part that, that made some of those plays. I think they're a good team, and I think they faced a team that didn't get them out of their comfort zone. That's what was ringing true to me. Like the Texas A&M defense, I don't think stressed them enough. I, I was very impressed – Obviously, with the the quarterback and his connection with the receivers, yes. Um, I thought they got a lot of good reps on the ground out of Traylon Smith as well. And I thought that was important in terms of getting the whole offense going, protecting the quarterback, not putting it all on his shoulders to try to make those connections consistently. And I thought that worked out for him. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about uh, Arkansas Razorback team that completed nine total passes on the game, which is crazy, especially to kind of see like how the game turned out against another SEC foe who people are really high on Texas A&M. And they have some big time players that we'll kind of get into right now from a, a scouting and analysis standpoint. But just to kind of stay on Arkansas for a little bit longer, you got Traylon Burks catching passes downfield, doing his thing. The running backs, they're doing a terrific job. Uh KJ Jefferson did leave that game for a little bit, and I was curious mm-hmm. to see how was Arkansas going to continue to kind of perform in his absence. And you saw Hornsby. He was a big-time prospect that they recently got, and he was kind of up and down a little bit, went one for three, looked a little skittish. They ended up having to get Jefferson back in the game, and just really more so to just hand the ball off just to make it through the rest of that game. But Arkansas's defense came up big time. And on the other side, we had Texas A&M, and I don't know how much you watch this running back, but Spiller, 
I mean, <laughs> he looked like just complete from a pass catching standpoint, running, finding holes. I thought Arkansas's defense was flying around like and the big guys. They were penetrating. He was making guys miss in a phone booth, uh, getting those just kind of it looked more like a legit NFL back and kind of what it would look like at the NFL level when the holes aren't quite there and you have to contribute in the passing game. What was your kind of big takeaway from Spiller? Because a lot of people were in my mentions on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker saying that's the best running back in this class. I'm glad you put it that way because the first note that I have says short area quickness is there. He looks like an NFL back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really what it is, is being able to, to shift your your change of direction, especially when you're going to deal with penetration. And let's let's face it, every team allows that. You saw it in the NFL. You saw it plenty in college this weekend. It's going to happen. And that ability to at least give yourself a fighting chance when you do deal with penetration. I really like that. I thought – his acceleration, I thought, was really smooth. I wouldn't say that he's like super accelerator. I thought he has a nice top gear, but I like that he can plant his foot, get out of trouble, and then accelerate away from it. I thought his vision was very good as well. Yeah. Uh, being a pass catcher, I think that's something that's really big in the NFL right now. People are, you know, putting a premium on guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Spiller had five catches for 26 yards. That's to go with his 95 yards rushing that he had on the ground. He did a terrific job and at the very least made it somewhat close because the quarterback on the other side, uh, we're talking about uh, Causeta for mm -hmm. Texas A&M, he struggled. He was skittish all night. It was almost like he was seeing ghosts. He was inaccurate. He was flustered. And I think that had a big hand in Arkansas, really being able to just control the game and not be – consistently explosive through the air like I thought they would need to be, I think their quarterback for Texas A&M really contributed to what seemed to be Arkansas being in control of this game really throughout the entire game. Yeah, I think some of that's true. I mean, especially when you look at how – I like I don't have the, the counts in front of me, but how often Arkansas only rushed three, and yet they were yeah. able to move him off of his spot, get some errant throws. Um, it, it's Trey Williams, the, the transfer of Missouri, that stood out to me. I put that on Twitter as well. Like – my question to you is, is watching him, I thought this was kind of a, a step out. I, di I didn't see this kind of performance when he was at Missouri. So clearly being that that super senior, the extra year, et cetera, I think is paying off for him in terms of maturation. Did he announce himself as somebody that should be considered in the top half of the draft now? Yeah, I mean, Williams did a terrific job of really just being consistent throughout this game of just showing himself and making plays. We're talking about a guy who had – two sacks and really working to get pressure on the opposing quarterback, two tackles for loss, you know, and, and he has the body. We're talking about six foot five, 255 pounds coming off of the edge and being able to kind of line up in different spots on that line. And with Arkansas only rushing three guys, most of the game and dropping eight guys in the coverage and making it difficult. He did a really good job of still consistently getting pressure and pack play. So I think that's definitely something that the NFL is going to look into a uh, when it comes to some of the better pass rushers coming out of this class. It's a de fast defense for Arkansas. Those dudes played fast. They were flying around for this entire game. Yeah, and I think he combined by providing that pressure, I think, what was it? Is it Weidermeyer? Is that how I pronounce it right? And folks, don't hold it against me. I will mispronounce somebody's <laughs> name. Um, a really quiet night for him, right? Like, or, or afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Like, I didn't, I thought I was going to see more of that. I thought they were going to be able to get him the ball. And I think Catalan was part of that, right? 
uh, a free floating. Uh, I guess he played mostly free, but I saw him in a lot of cover two shells last year. And I think Catalan's a, a solid safety that's got a knack for the ball. And I thought between the pressure and, and him moving around that secondary, I thought they did a really good job defending them. And between the secondary and marrying that up with what you got from the front end, that caused havoc for Texas A&M all night and ultimately led to a win for Arkansas. Yeah, it was important and good for them. I think we're going to see some more from them down the line. I'm very, very much interested in a couple of other players that we'll probably revisit as they get some of the bigger contests. But we got to get to uh, probably one of my favorite segments after this because we got to tell you about our friends that are going to help you get everything organized, get all of your streaming entertainment, all of your game entertainment, all your movies together in one place and make it really, really simple for you. I want to tell you about DirecTV Stream. It brings live and all your on-demand entertainment together like never before. Makes sports movies and all your shows in one spot that's super easy to get to. That means no more juggling remotes or digging around. You can have one device and find it over and over again. The best part is there's no annual contract. You can get rid of the clutter and get rid of the confusion. Get all your television together, whether it's watching game day or watching some kind of streaming entertainment with the family. It always works, and it's over at DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. A compatible life is is, uh, required, and uh, content does vary by package, but varying is something by package that I always do, and I always have these laying around because I love to do this, because like packages vary when you buy Built Bars because this is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And I just happen to have like six different flavors laying around. I can't decide what my favorite is, Eric. You're going to have to tell me what yours is because it might be grasshopper. It might be coconut brownie chunk. They all are like between 130 and 180 calories, and they all have 17 plus grams of protein that delivers you the nutrition that you need to get your goals in mind, whether you're trying to get more fit or you're trying to fuel a bulk up or whatever you're looking for. You can get it all done with Built Bar, and they're over at Built.com. If you use our promo code, that's LOCKED15, get 15% off your first order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off of the best tasting protein bar out there at Built.com. So this is my favorite part. If you guys haven't heard the Chief show before, you haven't heard me over on Lockdown NFL, I do this all the time. This is simply A or B. Is this something that this guy's on fire, he's the real thing, we got to pay attention to him, or is this uh, you can go ahead and forget that? And so we'll just pick some players that stood out to us, go go back and forth or whatever. Uh, this is called Fire or Forget, and I'll start because I really want your take on this guy that actually got booed this weekend and somebody that's at the top of a lot of draft boards it's spencer rattler oklahoma what's your take is he fire or forget he's entering forget territory i mean we're talking about a guy who came in as maybe one of the heisman front runners and it has not worked out that way now oklahoma has been able to kind of squeeze out some wins even though he hasn't played exceptionally well Mm -hmm. and i mean he got booed this weekend and i think a large part of that and I'm not saying that's okay. Please don't boo your guys, especially these young kids, man. But you have a guy who, you know, is following three quarterbacks who were taken, you know, two that were taken number one overall and another one that was taken in the second round. All three guys who are starting on NFL Sundays, but you have uh, Baker Mayfield. You have uh, Kyler Murray, who's going to give my 49ers nightmares, all right? And then you have Jalen Hurts, who I actually started him in my fantasy team this week over Matthew Stafford, and that's looking like a mistake right now. Yeah, well. <laughs> Matthew Stafford's uh, – oh, man, the, the 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 Rams have scored four touchdowns in their last four possessions. But anyways, he's just throwing the ball all over the place. Ooh, that's I, I made a right? <laughs> but, um, but back to Spencer Rattler, 
and you just kind of see it's not looking as smooth as what we mm -hmm. saw from Baker Mayfield, from Kyler Murray, from Jalen Hurts. It's really been up and down, and they're having to squeeze out these plays. And we're, I mean, we're talking about Lincoln Riley, a Lincoln Riley led offense where everybody's expecting great things. I mean, he's supposedly the best play caller in college football, you know, or at least one of the best, top five. Yeah. And to have a guy like Spencer Rattler who has all this ability, but to not get the production that people are looking for. He's definitely heading towards forget type territory right now. Wow, that's tough to say, man. I'm gonna tell you that I'm with you though, because I'm a little bit concerned. There's there's plenty of time for a turnaround. Let's 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 be fair. That can certainly happen. I don't know if that's true for the next one because it's it's tough, especially if you're a Trevor Lawrence fan, to see what's going on with him in Jacksonville. But the other side of the coin is what's going on at Clemson. And I'm not sure that this is recoverable. The program certainly looks like a step back, and you lose talent every year. It's about reloading. It's about bringing the next one in. Is this is this slide that they're on? Is this fire? Or is this something to forget about? They're going to get it turned around. Uh, DJ, we'll, we'll just call him DJ. I don't want to butcher his last name, but I remember watching him in the spring game this past offseason, and I was just like, it just doesn't quite look right. Like there, there's something about it. There's no smoothness to the offense. There was just this big clunkiness. He was throwing it to the same receiver over and over and just hoping that that receiver made plays. But there was a lot of inconsistency with the offense. And I was like, that didn't look good to me. And that did not look like a top quarterback. And then you kind of see it carry over to this season. And you, you see him take a loss to Georgia. I mean, now the loss this weekend and just what it looks like, a, a guy who is like, man, are they going to bench this quarterback who is a five-star recruit coming from California had a chance to sit behind Trevor Lawrence, and he's definitely not having that type of success. He has the ability, right? He has the big arm. He has, you know, somewhat athleticism, but I don't think that the production is quite there. And just looking at how he plays, I'm not sure it'll ever be there, at least not this season. I think that I think that's a challenge, and it, it's funny. The production is exactly what you're talking about, and one of the, one of the, I think is leading the NCAA's at this point. I stayed up late last night, watched a little USC, and saw Drake London. I keep hearing this from all around the Twitterverse, and I think I even heard it on the broadcast the comparison to Mike Evans, and and, and I'm not talking about Drake's game or the numbers he's putting. I'm just strictly talking about this comparison. Do you think this is fire? Is this accurate, or is this forget about it? I actually tweeted that out too. I said, "Oh, that's baby, that's baby Mike Evans," and I'm a big Mike Evans guy. I think he's a terrific receiver. We're talking about somebody seven straight years, over a thousand yards to start his career in the NFL, which is amazing. I, I don't think it's talked about enough. But man, you 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 look at Drake London, and I, I think the comparison comes from obviously like the size. We're talking about six five, over two hundred ten pounds, two hundred fifteen pounds. Not quite as big as Mike Evans, who weighed in at like 235 pounds coming out of Texas A&M, but just the way that they win, the way that they run routes, the way that they are these long striders, the way that they're able to utilize their body and position themselves on sidelines, be able to make those tough catches, the run after uh, catch that they give you, you know, extremely tough to bring down in the open field. I, I think from that standpoint, that's where the comparisons come from. And I mean, like I said, I, I tweet out, that's baby Mike Evans right there. I, I tweeted that out last night when he made a catch on the sideline. And that's been something that's been extremely consistent with uh, Drake London in his time. And, we're, and, and, and like Mike Evans, to continue the comparisons, they have that basketball background. Background like uh, uh, Drake London, he was on the USC basketball team. I think he just recently uh, devoted all of his time to the football program and kind of pushed that. But big time, you know, ability, not a burner, 
maybe not the greatest of route runners, but I, I tell a lot of people, it's not so much about route running, like in, in, as far as you know, being a six-five guy, you don't have to look like Odell Beckham. You just have to be good enough to be able to put put yourself in position to kind of either shield off defenders or use your length. And I think he does that extremely well. I tell you what, like comparing them where they are at this point in college, I would give London the the, the nod on route running. But the thing, I, I agree with you. I would say this is fire too. I can see his game in it, and that comparison works for me. The thing that I noticed that I really liked, though, was I, I think it might have been that same pass you're talking about. He gets down the sideline. Somebody's diving at his shoestrings. He's got another guy hitting him up top, and he's just throwing dudes off. Like, <laughs> if he doesn't get tripped up, he goes the length and scores, too. Like, that was really impressive to me. Yeah, and another guy that was impressive, we're talking about using their bodies and being a big body guy, is Traylon Burks, a uh, receiver, uh, receiver out of Arkansas. It's, it's interesting to see how they utilize him because they use him in the run game. They use him in the pass game. Obviously, like the vertical game, he had over 160 yards on like five catches last game. Uh, the, the previous game before that, he caught a bomb down the left sideline. He's a big, thick built guy, over six foot three, 230 pounds, but he consistently outruns defenders and is able to stretch the field in that way. And again, this is a guy who a lot of people are leaning on being possibly the wide receiver one in this class. And when I look at these guys again, I am more of a separator type guy, but if there's a clear way that you win, I'm all for it. And I look at him and my comparison for him is more like an AJ Brown and they utilize him all over the field, almost like a Debo Samuel type guy, but he's like a jumbo size version of him. I, I maybe not would not have been as high on his style, but to see how he consistently wins in this way over and over and how that translates to the NFL. And we've seen over the last few years with some of these guys that aren't the pure separators, but still are able to win in certain ways. I'm definitely, I mean, this is a guy that's fire for me. How do you feel about Traylon Burks and what you saw? I agree with you completely for a little bit different reason, but I call it close contact. You're not contested catches, but with a guy in proximity, he's got a hand on you and he's able to come up with those catches. That stood out to me. I like the one-hander, hit a big play there, but he also has the, the, the awareness, the toe drag, obviously the big play ability. I wouldn't call him an explosive accelerator. I think right. he's got a little bit more buildup to his game, and that's okay. But I think he he is certainly destined to play a nice role in the X in the NFL. And I would have to agree he's right up there at the top of this draft class for me. Definitely. And then my last guy that I want to talk to, and you, I'm 100% sure you didn't see this guy, but I actually happened to go to the game, watch one of my kids that I, I trained for a bunch of years out in California. And he plays for Sam Houston now. My guy, Isaiah Downs, he's a defensive back. But his quarterback for Sam Houston, his name is Eric Smith. And this is a guy, I mean, he's not going to get the love because this is an FCS conference. Uh, uh, he's in the FCS division. Mm -hmm. But I'm watching him against UCA, University of Central Arkansas. And he starts out this game on fire. And he's, I mean, he's throwing these beautiful deep balls down the right sideline, uh, just over-the-shoulder catches by these receivers. He's putting it in place where it's like you have no choice but to catch this ball and bring it in. He's throwing fade balls on the money, throwing it away from the defender. He got a couple of def defensive backs benched. And I'm thinking like, man, I don't know what these DBs are supposed to do because this guy's putting the ball on the money. He made plays with his legs. He's running in for first downs and diving near the goal line, touchdowns. Again, this is a guy who's coming off of a national championship at the FCS level for Sam Houston, he's not going to get a lot of love. And I know you didn't watch him, but I just wanted to kind of show him some love because I saw him and I'm like, man, 
This is a guy that has a lot of big-time ability. He's running around. He's making plays. Not the biggest of guys, and he took a shot late in this game. I didn't think he was going to be able to get up from it, but he got up and it showed a certain level of toughness as well. Big-time play, big-time ability, not the biggest of guys, not going to get love from uh, most of mainstream media, but I just kind of want to give him a little bit of flowers a little bit while, you know, <laughs> just coming off of that game. Very impressed by Eric Smith, uh, quarterback from Sam Houston. All right, going on, going on my watch list. Thanks, man. I, I always need it when you point the guys out that I missed. There's, it's going to help, folks. You will miss them, too. Make sure that you're following Eric Crocker on Twitter, as well as if you would like, sub and hit that bell notification over on YouTube for this channel, as well as go get subbed and leave us an iTunes review. I know it's a different show. I know a lot of folks are getting used to it. We're trying to power through this for you. I'm glad that you guys are here. Thanks for joining us today. He's Eric Crocker, the man in charge, and I'm Ryan Tracy. We will talk to you tomorrow. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM.